Welcome to the latest episode of the Victory XR Show. I am your host, Steve Grubb, and today we have an extremely fascinating guest. Last name, So, In fact, I'm Chitani Mandela. Uh, uh, my family is from the house of Mandela. Uh, my mother, my mother is actually the first, or the first daughter of Nelson Mandela, Dr. Maki Mandela. Was which which daughter? The first. First daughter. So would that make him your grandfather? Yes. Oh, so the house so, of Mandela. My, my Mandela. That's my mother. Wow. And um, am I correct that you met him at one point? That's my grandfather. Well, I know, but he was in jail for such a long period of time. I that... did. I was 11 years old. I was 11 years old uh, when I got out. Uh, that was 1994. And I remember um, we are marching with Grandma Winnie uh, in Johannesburg. You know, it's just, it's, just it's, it's just out of Robin Island at the, at the time. And I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, what's going on? You know, like, uh, you know, he, he was mythical in the beginning. Um, you know, we'll get letters, you know, um, once in a while, you know, we'll hear his voice. But uh, um, um, once he was out, you know, I, I, I had the privilege of spending a lot of time with him. Um, and that influenced, you know, who I became in terms of my focus on education uh, and in terms of leadership. You know, he would always say that education really was the passport um to leadership and without education there is there is there is no there's no peace in the world and uh and if i look at what i'm doing right now you know i'm right now at the stanford campus getting ready for for some of our students um at the vr school who are on site uh once in a while um i just couldn't be more thankful for the work that uh, uh victory xr is doing in terms of advancing not just the future of education but the future of our world um thank you if you look at even where our government i'm a dual citizen of the united states and south africa uh and and uh, i've spent most of my life here than anywhere else in the world and uh this is my country these are my people and uh um and there is, there is a requirement of U.S. leadership when it comes to innovation and, and leadership and technology. There is a requirement that we show the world what's possible. And U.S. prides itself. That's, that, that's who we are as a people. That's who we are as a people. And uh, I know that for the first time ever, you know, since the pandemic, we had uh, federal funding, for example, available to every student on the, you know, in the country. It didn't matter if it was a public school or a private school or a non-public school, whatever it was, but that pandemic changed the structure of how education runs. And our, our Congress and our federal and state Senators found it not just needed, but necessary and critical for them to participate and contribute, you know, into the advancement of our country. 
Yes. And yes. so that changes the laws. That changes the laws. Up until, you know, four years ago, there was no federal funding available, for example, for, pub, for, for private schools. You know, there was no right to faith. So now we have a unique situation where through, let's say, the emergency assistance to non-public schools, a program through the CARES Act and the American Rescue Plan Act, there is a change in the laws in terms of what does it look like to be an American? What does it look like to be a student in the United States? And there's no longer a distinction between our constitutional rights in private and public schools collectively. And what is the role of government? So, Dr. Strenny, let me, let, I'm, we're just going to keep rolling from here. Let me introduce you to those who are listening and watching or reading. Uh, this is Dr. Freedom Shiteni, and Dr. Shiteni is the head of the VR school uh, working uh, at Stanford on this project. He also, as you may have just heard, happens to be the grandson of, Doc, uh, of President Nelson Mandela, certainly one of the great world leaders for freedom and liberty uh, of the age. And so uh, we're going to discuss some really interesting topics today, but we're going to start with a, a federal issue that Dr. Shuteni has involved himself in, which has to do with, with the use of federal dollars as it relates to students attending virtual reality schools. And so, Dr. Shuteni, I, I know there's a, a legal issue that's going on here that you're, uh, you're out in front on. Would, would you just, you know, because we only have 30 minutes, give us the short version of what that legal issue is and let, let's discuss uh, where we hope it goes. Okay, so let, let's start off with where we are right now. As of yesterday, um, the VR school received uh, an order from the United States uh, Department of Education Office of Hearings and Appeals, um, in which we, it was an order basically suggesting that you have brought a critical issue in terms of um, non-public schools in this country. And this is a question that needs to go back to uh, the Secretary of the United States and the U.S. Congress. And so the case was uh, actually transferred directly to the Secretary, um, um, said the Honorable um, Cardona, Miguel, whom we'll be hearing from in the next 15 days. Great. Yeah. And the order talks about one, then thank you to um, Victory XR for your amicus. The order does reference that amicus, you know, that uh, it is an American right. Uh, it is a part of the American future, you know, to have XR and AI, you know, in our educational systems. But the, the federal appeals process didn't have jurisdiction. This was something that required the secretary himself and Congress to look at. And that's where we are right now. And so what happened in COVID is uh, we discovered, including our institution here at Stanford right here, that uh, the current state of education was not enough, was not equitable. 
if you think about the nature of the university itself, it was designed to solve the most critical issues in our country. And when we had the emergency order on March 13, 2020, to shut down the country on global lockdown, it was our most revered institutes of education that shut down first, meaning that everything we knew about the way we the way we're teaching and the way we're learning was in fact challenged in that point. It became evident that there had to be a way, there had to be a way to learn differently. And so the federal government did something very, very interesting in Congress, enacted the CARES Act or the American Rescue Plan Act in which it made it the responsibility of each state education agency to administer federal funding for private schools or non-public schools like VR school. And to do that, they would get devices like, you know, VR, like our school, for example, allocated closer to um, $600,000 for services uh, towards uh, Victory XR. Uh, and this would include getting hardware, it included, you know, creating a curriculum in that hardware and and dispersing those um, uh, resources, you know, to our students who were all over. And it came down to a situation where the state of California had no idea, like, how do people learn in VR? Like, you know, VR is a legitimate way to learn. Absolutely. And they had said, in fact, it addresses the core location. The fact that right now, Stanford doesn't even know how to um, to manage this campus without having the students being co-located. Everybody go to your homes, wherever you are. If Stanford discovered the true power of VR, the way VictorXR has, issue of co-location and learning and having a digital campus, a twin, a digital twin, they would, wouldn't have like the, the mental health issues we have today and all the other culminating issues that came out of the, of the pandemic. That's exactly right. And we have to challenge the idea. I mean, the fact that the fund itself was focused on low-income students. VR school has uh, over 500 students and, uh, and, and, and 402 of those would fall under, like they would qualify for something, you know, that public schools use, you know, like, you know, they would be under this low income bracket. And so, and so, so and so we got funding for that. Um, but it wasn't funding per se that we got, it was services. The school could only request services. And so yes. we, re we requested all services that we needed. Um, and we got over, you know, almost $2 million in services. And uh, at some point, you know, we put up, you know, our service request to say at this point, the grant, the emergency assistance grant requires not just hardware, because if the kids have no headsets and there's no connectivity, it's difficult. So we want a headset for every kid. And we also want them to be connected. And nobody is better situated to do this today than Victory XR. And that's and that was our request. And so Wonderful. the state questions as in like, 
you know, can you provide us with uh, um, any sort of uh, personal identifiable information of the students? And so we gave them that. Um, and then they wanted more, like, well, you know, in VR, you know, they have an email, you know, they get to log in and they, you know, there's all these things, but most of this is still being set up and we will work uh, with our experts. At Victory XR, nobody is more qualified in the world right now than Victory XR to, to launch that. You know, they've been doing that, you know, for higher uh, education institutions and, 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 and I'm very, very familiar. I've worked with, with the organization. So, um, and so because of that, the state said, okay, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna hold, we're gonna, you know, we, we will not take new services. We'll continue with the old services we have. I'm like, no, you can't do that. The funds are emergency. And, you know, taking out services is like taking away oxygen. If somebody needs oxygen right now, you don't get to, you don't get the luxury of going through administrative procedures. Right. You, you know, or whether they have insurance or not. It's the the word emergency is already, you know, in the grant. Yeah, you know, Dr. Shatani, I look at the decisions that were made during the pandemic, and it just seems like not every state, not every school district, a lot of them did pretty well. But certain school districts and states, they just made bad decision and then afterwards they made another bad decision and now yep. we have a whole generation of kids that uh it's going to take a lot to, to bring bring them back in south carolina we have a virtual reality tutoring program going on for kids with learning loss trying to get them caught up so um all of that is ongoing and, and we'll see how it how it how well it works steve like the only way we can address learning loss today timely is we are we know research has been very very clear you know you retain 10 percent of what you get from a lecture 20 percent you know if it's a lecture you know perhaps and some examples and then 80 percent at least 80 percent if you demonstrate it with vr is demonstration plus more so if what to truly close the learning gap every kid in this country must have access to experiential learning that VR offers. I mean, you're able to get into a cell. You're able to uh, to travel in historical places and go back in time and go back into the future and create and invent anything. We have to really think the way America is supposed to think, the way our, four, our founding fathers put this together. Our country is not doing what it's supposed to be doing right now. Yeah, they, we, we need people who, who think in an entrepreneurial way to solve these, these stubborn problems. And so people like you and I think our team uh, is doing a nice job of that. So just, just so we keep moving here, because there's a couple of things I want to make sure we get to. So wrapping up the, the, the situation with the Federal Department of Education, where do you expect that to land? I expect that the United States Department of Education and Congress will have a law that makes it a, a right for every student in this country to have access to a quality education, a future-ready education, whether or not they're in public or a non-public school. Great. I think that 
what makes America great is the fact that uh, um, we have choice. I can choose to go to Stanford. I can choose to go to North Carolina. I can choose to go to private school. I can choose to go to public school or anything in between. But there is something too. The federal government has been funding physical spaces. Let's put some barricades so that the social distancing. They fund for the construction of infrastructure. Virtual reality is construction. It is. You are building a campus. So it's, it's about redefining what a campus is, redefining what construction is. So when Congress enacts laws and funding laws on, okay, we are giving Stanford University, the VR school, a grant to construct a campus, that campus should not be confined to the brick and mortar. We have seen our malls closing and shutting down left and right. That's right. Let's redefine um, statutorily what construction is. Now, people can't get away from that, that atom-based model into a digital bit-based model. It's just hard for their, their minds to move, but you're right. Commerce has moved to a bit-based model. Um, it's entertainment. You know, did you ever think that you'd be able to watch? I mean, I guess when I watched the Jetsons on TV as a kid, I always hoped that I'd be like Elroy and be able <laughs> to look at my watch and watch a movie. And now I can. I just never believed it'd be possible. And so it's happening. But 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 humans, people struggle to, to change the way they think and to embrace these, these new ways of doing things, even though for people who really understand it, it's clearly a, a 10x improvement over the, the, the status quo. But so I, I want to I get to AI because I know that um, Andrew Yang had, had some strong positions on AI. And I also know yeah. that uh, you, you liked a lot of what he said on that. And so, but I also know that you're a supporter of AI in education. So help me understand your view on on how we should approach artificial intelligence uh, when it relates to learning and education and students. Dave, nobody's more ready for AI than Victor and Saul. That's true. If you, th if you think about AI, AI has always been there. It's, it's only that right now, it's, uh, it's now part of uh, our daily um, lingo and uh, language. Right now, we have things like ChatGPT, AI, and you name it over there. But with VR, freedom can now be immortal. I can actually now use these language models to create an algorithm that's, that thinks like me, that works like me. In VR, it's possible now not just to have the physical embodiment of the of the of the teacher if i already have the knowledge the basic foundational knowledge anybody can learn anything anywhere anytime and in real time and asking real questions in real time think about a chatbot right now as an avatar i log into my victory xr uh, classroom my teacher shows up i am conversing with that ai agent 
So this year is about AI agents. People no longer question the idea of AI. AI is here and it's going to stay. This year is about AI agents, an agent that is generative, that you can talk to, that you can converse with, that can do things, that can work with you, that can help you think about it. So it's possible that with XR, I could simply say, hey, Victory XR, uh, take me uh, into this historical thing about this campus. And uh, I could use VR or AR, uh, anything in between. A virtual teacher appears, tells me about where I am right now. From an academic angle, I can have it, you know, from an entertainment angle. Tell me about, tell me some fun facts about, you know, this place, what has happened. And if everybody, everybody who is interacted with this space has some data embedded somewhere, it means that even if my physical body dies, the world can continue to experience how I think and I continue to evolve to eternity, as opposed to me just flipping a book. Right. I get to continue to be a contribution to humankind. And I think that the intersection of XR and AI, that is where the future is. That is the future of education, the future of work, and the future of money. That is where the future of the global economy is. But, but Dr. Shetani, what are your, what are the risks that, that, um, you're concerned about that, that Andrew Yang was concerned about? What, what is it that we need to, as, as Victory XR builds our conversational AI into our experiences, what landmines do we need, need to avoid? Well, I think that the idea of not taking a risk is a terrible idea. The risk that is not worth taking is not taking a risk at all. Yes. Some people will tell you that it's a terrible idea to be at Stanford right now. Some people tell you it's a terrible idea to be at Harvard. Some people tell you it doesn't People are always going to have opinions, and that's what makes this country great. I agree. I believe that when you see, you know, people, think about the Wright brothers. People thought it was a terrible idea that you could have a vehicle floating in the air to transport us. And today, you don't think about you, you know, being you know in an airplane crash. There's more car crashes in an airplane crash, but they did anyhow. So the risks that are involved, we've learned about them already. So we have to think about you know our cyber structures, um, cyber security, um, identity, and these are things that exist even outside the AI world. Yes. You know, each time I take out my credit card, you know, and I go to the Stanford Credit Bank over there, there's a risk someone is looking at. There's a risk there might be a software thing. So, so I think that instead of like being afraid of risks, do it and fail fast and correct it. We can predict what we don't know, and 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 what what I love about Victory XR is. Uh, you just took it. And now we have major universities like Morehouse, like even the one here, Notre Dame, it's you know, right here in Silicon Valley. Uh, 
that they now all have digital twin campuses without any knowledge, but because Victrix R has become a trusted brand in the metaversity and in the future of education. Now imagine that in the next year, it's now possible for Congress to put billions of dollars under Title IV. That if you're going, if you're attending school through VR, the federal government funds you for that. Well, I'm going to tell my U.S. Senator that, and uh, we'll see what he says, but uh, I hope he agrees with you and with me on that point. Doc, you know. Higher education. Every school, every higher education institution can subscribe to Title IV to get the federal loans and all of that. And so if our senators vote and make it into law, all those digital campuses that we have under Victory XR, Everybody gets to have an education that works for them. Yeah, that's exactly and right. Funding to build and expand on the digital twin campuses Victory XR has built. Yeah, and that, that's exactly I think what VR, the VR school has done is put on the forefront that VR, the fact that we are already talking to the federal government, is sending a message you know, that VR is a legitimate way of learning. And yes, we will challenge laws that would limit us from that. After this year, nobody's going to question that VR is a way to learn. XR is a way to learn. And I think, I feel like that's, that's why I have taken an active approach to say, you know what? At a minimum, the highest level of our educational system in this country is talking about it. That's right. And 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 when when Stanford speaks, people listen. You know, I can say all I want, but uh, you know, your voice really resonates out there, and and, and it matters. Um, I, I want to talk about just a couple more things that, um, first of all, I want to understand, or I want the audience to better understand the VR school. What grades do you serve and, and how do you serve up learning? How do you serve up the courses? So the VR school serves grades K to 12. And in fact, right now, we are now in the process of even offering higher education. So we're creating, um, um, a university, you know, beyond VR. Why did we do that? Because Victrix has already built all these campuses. So if we can have a K-12 infrastructure, of course we should now have an infrastructure beyond that. Right now, our students, you know, it's you know, it's you know, it's first grade to twelfth grade, and this year we will begin to. Uh, have um, college level students. We don't have the accreditation yet, but we're working on that. Um, and uh, what I'm most excited about, Steve, is Victory XR has a significant role. Think about this as like what you have done as Victory XR. You are at a point in time 
where education truly evolved from the time that when we had a textbook 300 years ago. That was the last major innovation in education. VCRXR is the next level. Thank so you. So nothing happened the last three years, 300 years old. Nothing happened. Now, now, now we are on that pre on, on that precipice, and uh, there will be a network of metaversities. There has to be uh, state and federal level administration of those metaversities in the future. It's going to change the way that our laws work, the way we interact in the metaverse, all of that. So, so I feel like the world only has the tip of the iceberg on where this is, but you've laid the foundation. So with v the VR school itself is committed in ensuring that all the students in the world have access to VR. Just like less than 20 years ago, I'm on an iPhone right now, the smartphone was not a thing. Right. Well, the fact that we're able to talk to each other like this again, it's a, it's a Jetsons thing. You know, for anybody who doesn't know the Jetsons reference, yep. sort of YouTube and they predicted all of this amazingly <laughs> and within my lifetime. So, and it's it's fun to watch it actually roll out. But, um, Dr. Shetani, let's let's go one last issue here. Let's talk about hardware because it's it's been a big year for hardware, and and this coming year has the potential to to be groundbreaking. A couple of Silicon Valley companies, companies that are not very far from where you're standing right now, are making big plays. What, talk to us about how you see the landscape in uh, hardware, what you guys like to use, and, and what you think uh, about Apple's play that's coming up. I, with hardware, 20 years ago, we didn't think that uh, the iPhone, that it would have a computer on our pocket, right? Um, I was on my on my gaming computer. I couldn't, you know, my audio wasn't very very good, and so I changed and I went to the I went to my phone for this conversation. And and and, and when people think of the metaverse, they think metaverse is a, is limited to VR and XR. The metaverse is basically a way of computing, a way of learning. It's a new computing infrastructure. You can learn anything, anywhere, and from any device. And the VR and XR hardware is the future. In the next five years, the iPhone and every smartphone will be obsolete. Everything will be XR. Everything will be XR in the next five years. That's exactly right. And, and it'll, and frankly, a lot of it will be through our glasses. You know, I'm now making phone calls. <laughs> through our glasses and you are right on the money you know my ray-ban meta glasses you know I, i've done a post on it but you know i'll be walking down the street and i'll say uh hey meta what's the weather forecast tomorrow or i'll yeah. say hey meta uh you know place a call to my wife whatever the case might be and and i don't have to lift up my hands it's all done while my glasses are on not these glasses but my they're my sunglasses right but Hardware should become, and I urge our federal government 
because the federal government has already declared that uh, uh, digital infrastructure is a critical infrastructure for education. So it's, it's a critical infrastructure and Congress has declared that. And so not having every student have access to the hardware is a violation of constitutional rights as an American. But Congress is going to say, this is what I hear, they'll say, well, why should we invest in hardware when it's going to be outdated in two years? What's your response to that? Because it's critical infrastructure. It's critical. It's required. And so if it's not upgraded, then the country is behind. So Congress puts in hundreds of billions of dollars in research through, you know, NSF and um, other departments for innovation. And so if it's an innovation that moves America forward, that moves the world forward, then yes, get the new hardware, get the new software. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the other thing that people don't realize. Just because a new device may come out, our products, and I'm sure the products of other vendors, software providers, still works on the old stuff. It's not like way. So if you buy an Oculus One, our content that works for the Oculus One still works today. And Same with Oculus Two. Yeah. Victory XR because your the content is um, is interoperative. It works across devices. And uh, and if it needs to be tweaked, it will be tweaked. That's software. I mean, I'm a neuroscientist by training. The brain works that way. When you get new information, your your brain, your neurons, new neurons connect. You know, the brain folds a little bit differently. Um, and um, my brain is not the same as when I was born. Right. So, so, and the VR and hardware go hand in hand together. What hardware are you using at the VR school? At the VR school, we are using definitely the Oculus Quest. So we are Quest Two. We requested. We requested. Yeah, the, yeah, the Quest Two. Um, through our federal grant, we requested Quest Three, um, as well as the um, as Victory XR's um, HTC. The Vive. Yeah, the Vive. So when that is done, which I'm in the next twenty days. Um, so Victrix R is going to help us configure things, configure the devices, and we are going to build um, the prototype, so to say, in terms of like, you know, can you have 200 connected devices distributed among students all over the country? Yeah, yes. Uh, so, so what about Apple? Talk to me about what, what do you, we don't, I don't know if you've had one on your head, I've not but we are preparing for its arrival. Apple, Apple's device, you know, it's a, I think Apple is coming along. Um, I'm, I look at, uh, at the Vision Pro. Um, I compare it to, uh, uh, it will take time for people to adopt it unless the iPhone itself becomes Part of the Vision Pro, but the Vision Pro as a standalone is going to be so powerful 
but it should be inaccessible to the regular school, the regular student, and without federal intervention in terms of grants, not everyone will have access to it. I happen to have it simply because Apple is literally two miles away from where I am, and I, you know, I'm, I'm right here in Silicon Valley. So my access is a little bit different because I have your graphical advantage. But how about kids in uh, in Iowa? How about kids in New Mexico? How about kids in, you know, that are not where the airport campus is located? Uh, who so, don't and and who don't have like uh, uh, Victory XR to, uh, you know, access? You know, it's a, it's. I feel like Apple. Apple is fundamentally a car company. Interesting. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's not really a a phone company as people think about it. Apple is fundamentally a car company. It's a vehicle to everything company, and so through the glasses you'll be able to unlock your uh, your electric you know car. You know Apple drives Tesla. You know the Apple is Apple is vehicle everything. That's their game plan. It's always been a car company. I think you're right about that. Yeah, but just. I want to drill down just a touch more on the Apple Vision Pro. The Quest 3, as you and I both know, is, is an amazing device. Yeah, I love the Quest 3. The Quest 3 changed the game. Yeah, it's a game changer. It wasn't an iterative small step forward. It was a major step forward, yeah. and people recognizing that. How will the Vision Pro compare to the Quest 3? Will it be just a small bit better, or do you think there's something significant that we're going to see? It should be significantly better from the perspective of iPhone users. And most of the world are Android users. Yeah, that's true. I'm an iPhone user, so uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. What we find interesting about it is the immersive video. Yeah. With, with an iPhone 15, we can shoot uh, 3D video like, like you know, when, when you would sit in the movie theater and watch a, a 3D movie and, and, but you don't have to put the glasses on, you just put the headset on and now you're immersed in this 3D movie that's been shot just on the iPhone 15. And we think that for education and for workplace training, that has a tremendous amount of uh, benefit. And that's why I am confident that Victory XR is the key. Thank you. And and to all the naysayers, and there always will be, I think they're beginning to see, they're beginning to see the wisdom of what Victory XR is doing. Well, I want to thank uh, Dr. Shiteni for uh, joining us today. It was a it was a great conversation. We look forward to talking to you next week as we bring in another groundbreaking uh, member of the XR community. So, with that, thank you, and I will uh, look forward to talking to you again.